The following podcast contains adult themes and is suitable for mature audiences only. Hello and welcome to Lyrics of Their Life, the podcast that talks about the extraordinary lives lived by those that wrote or performed the songs we know and love. I'm your host Adam Hampton and in today's episode I'll be talking about Ed Sheeran. The ginger-haired acoustic superstar that has taken the world by storm with his run of infectious hits and heartfelt ballads. From his early life in a small country village in Suffolk, England, to performing alone on stage in front of 80,000 people at Wembley. Ed Sheeran has become one of the most respected songwriters of his time, performing alongside legendary acts like the Rolling Stones, Beyonce and Elton John. The talented musician is now the most sought-after songwriter in the world, and he is only just getting started. This is the story of Ed Sheeran. This is Lyrics of Their Life. Edward Christopher Sheeran was born on the 17th of February 1991 in the small market town of Hebden Bridge, West Yorkshire, England. His parents, John Sheeran and Imogen Locke, were both originally from London. Together they owned a business called Sheeran Locke, which was an independent art consultancy that would last from 1990 to 2010. John was from a large Irish Catholic family and also worked as an art lecturer while Imogen worked as a culture publicist turned jewellery designer who loved to dress in colourful, flashy clothes. They gave birth to Matthew Sheeran in 1989, two years before Ed was born, in 1991. The family relocated to Framlingham in Suffolk when Ed was four, and he began singing in the local church choir. It was a small country village of around 2,000 residents at the time, and is located close to Ipswich Town. Ed attended Rishworth Primary School near Halifax and was nicknamed Teddy. He was a very imaginative child. He had a happy childhood and a good family life, although he faced plenty of challenges. Ed was a self-confessed misfit and described himself as a weird kid. He had only two friends at school, but he was not very close with them and would often just tag along. Ed had ginger-coloured hair with blue eyes. He had a birthmark around his eyes that was shaped like a port glass stain that was lasered off at an early age. After this procedure, the doctor forgot to apply the anaesthetic, and ever since that moment, Ed began to suffer with a stutter and a lazy eye due to the laser damaging his retina. He attended therapy for his stutter, but it didn't work at all. He would often struggle to get his words out in the correct sequence, despite knowing what he wanted to say. He wore large blue NHS glasses which appeared too large for his head, and he was born without an eardrum in one of his ears, which also prevented him from swimming with other kids his own age and making new friends, unless he wore special sports goggles that covered the ear canal. Ed was often bullied for these quirks, and struggled to fit in with kids his own age. As children, Ed and Matthew were not allowed to watch television, other than documentaries hosted by David Attenborough, and the odd VHS movie. 
Instead, the two brothers were encouraged to experiment with art and craft and with musical instruments. Ed was interested in constructing model aeroplanes, painting and playing dress-ups. He was bought a cello, which he disliked, and he also played the guitar and piano at a very young age, taking a specific liking to the guitar. In 1998, at age 7, he would quit the local choir as the two boys were now allowed to finally watch TV and his new favourite TV show, The Simpsons, would funnily enough clash with the scheduling of choir. Ed's parents were both very imaginative art and craft lovers and would play a lot of music around the house consisting of The Beatles, Joni Mitchell, Elton John, Van Morrison and Bob Dylan. He took a keen interest in these artists, but Ed's most personal influence would come in the form of groundbreaking hip-hop artist Eminem. In the year 2000, at just the age of nine, Ed would receive the first CD he had ever owned and was Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP, featuring the tracks Stan, The Real Slim Shady and The Way I Am, bought for Ed by his father. Ed's uncle introduced him to Eminem, referring to him as the next Bob Dylan in terms of his songwriting ability. Ed's parents weren't aware of the explicit content that the album contained, with Ed learning the lyrics to the album back to front, with Eminem's music soon helping him to beat his stutter. Ed was once recorded rapping his own unique version to There's a Hole in My Bucket, and began rapping his own tunes. He also started listening to Dr. Dre, Tupac and Biggie Smalls, which helped him develop a love for R&B. His dad often criticised Ed as a youngster, calling him lazy as he often wouldn't complete his homework and this would drive Ed to prove him wrong later in life through music. Ed's passion for music all began when he was watching the Queen's Golden Jubilee concert on TV in 2002 at the age of 11. Eric Clapton walked onto the stage with his graffiti art splash guitar and began playing the song Layla. This moment changed everything for Ed and inspired him to practice playing the guitar immediately. Propping himself up against his wardrobe in his bedroom with his amp, he taught himself how to play the riff to Layla and other Clapton songs, opening up a new exciting world for the 11-year-old. Soon after this, Ed became interested in folk singer Damien Rice's work. He became a super fan and collected all of Damien Rice's albums and unreleased live fan recordings on CD. Ed's cousin took him to Damien Rice's secret gig in Dublin at a bar for under-18s one night, and he was amazed at how Damien captured the crowd's attention with just his voice and guitar. This fervour inspired Ed, believing he too could do this and make a living from it as well. Ed also had the opportunity to meet Damien at his concert, and was lucky enough to get a picture taken with him. Ed was completely in awe of his hero, and it was the perfect inspiration he needed to kickstart his own career. As soon as he arrived home, he went to his bedroom and wrote at least six songs. Ed often reflects on this moment as being the most important for inspiring him to pursue his musical passion. In 2003, at the age of 12, Ed performed for the first time in front of his peers at a school concert in the school hall. He sang and played guitar to Eric Clapton's Layla and was said to have been in a band with close friend Dan at this time. Ed's dad was encouraging with Ed's interest in music and took him to see James Blunt and Green Day, exposing his son to a wide variety of music. Ed attended Thomas Mills High School as a teenager, which was in his hometown of Framlingham where he engaged in a range of sports such as field hockey and football. 
He was a fanatical supporter of Ipswich Town FC, who currently compete in the third tyre championship. Life in Framlingham was generally simple, as Ed and his group of friends would ride their bikes around Framlingham and drink cheap alcohol such as cider and beer by the old Framlingham Castle. His core group of 12 friends would remain close to him to this day. He enjoyed his first kiss to the song, I guess that's why they call it the blues, by Elton John, during this simple period of his life, while also performing in school plays, most notably in Greece and The Sound of Music. His greatest love of all was music, and Ed says he owes his creativity and passion for music to his old music teacher, Mr Richard Henley. Unlike Mr Henley, many other teachers and students didn't understand Ed's ambitions in music. Mr Henley recalls him being extremely talented, but also quite naughty. But he knuckled down in his last years at school, and Mr Henley noticed that Ed was intrigued by the composition side of things. Ed would one day make his own guitar in woodwork class out of a block of wood and other materials from scratch, and he would occasionally perform with it. Despite not having a load of friends, Ed had a good group of friends in high school who are now still close with him, while some are employed by him as a part of his entourage on tour. He says they always pull him into line and tell him when an idea is no good. Ed was known by his friends as friendly, kind and down-to-earth as a kid, and say he is still the same despite the fame. The school he attended was also quite lenient, allowing Ed sufficient time off to go and perform gigs and chase his dream. His first and one of his only jobs in Framlingham was washing dishes at the local pub called the Crown Hotel. It was during 2004 that one of his teachers wrote in his school report that he was a natural performer, providing an insight on just how impressive he was as a young musician, despite Ed not thinking so himself. Also in 2004, at the age of 13, Ed recorded his first ever tracks in his bedroom on a four-track. These songs included a song called Typical Average Teen and two covers of Green Day's Time of Your Life and Wonderwall by Oasis. He would then record a number of originals for his demo, calling it Spinning Man. It was not released commercially and was only sold through Ed himself through busking and gigs during 2005. It featured 14 originals including his song called Typical Average Teen and Moody Ballad of Ed. He even had his own website set up and labelled the album under Sheeran and Locke Limited after his parents' business, which he would continue to do until he was signed by a record label. After this he decided to produce his first EP, releasing it on the 1st of January 2005 at the age of 14, calling it The Orange Room but this time he would release it through iTunes, as well as sell it physically. It featured tracks off of Spinning Man, including the second song he had ever written, called Typical Average, a song about teenage angst in the style of grunge music, with drums and electric guitar featuring prominently, and a female backing singer. Typical Average Teen's lyrics read, Strings on my guitar are rusty, even my best friends don't trust me, everybody thinks I must be crazy because I'm your typical average teen, if you know what I mean. Ed was quite pitchy in his younger years, but his creativity and songwriting ability was promising. Other tracks included Moody Ballad of Ed, I Love You, Addicted and Misery, with his lyrics depicting his teenage troubles relating to teenage angst, raging hormones, underage drinking and girl troubles. He also adopted a paw print logo for the EP cover, and he would use it on future EPs, displaying it on his guitar 
as well as getting it tattooed on himself as his first ever tattoo at aged 18. Ed himself states that he was in no way gifted and had to practice and work hard to improve. He wanted to be successful and make people happy through music. Ed's dad would drive him to gigs in London at this time, supporting him with his dream. It was during this year that Ed would receive a loop pedal for his birthday, which became one of his most important pieces of equipment. He befriended musician and known loop pedal expert Gary Dunn and invited him to come show him and his friends how the loop pedal worked, in a grant that Ed and his mates would buy Gary's CDs. Ed practiced continuously mastering it himself rather quickly. A loop pedal works by pressing the record pedal with your foot, playing something, then pushing stop with your foot, as Ed explains. He says every show is different and that not one show is the same, as he must create new loops every performance as he wipes it at the end of the show. During 2005, Ed met 21-year-old singer-songwriter Mark Rosenberg, known as Passenger, at a gig in Cambridge with the two becoming mates and gigging together on occasions. On the 22nd of March 2006, at the age of 15, Ed released his second EP, self-titled Ed Sheeran. It included a well-produced track called Open Your Ears, and it would feature as his first ever music video. Ed is pictured in the middle of a graffiti-covered white room as the camera spins around him from above. Ed's voice appears a lot more mature in this EP and displays a dramatic improvement in technique, both vocally and instrumentally. Ed appears to sing about a girl that he is interested in, but he is not sure if she feels the same way. The following year, on the 29th of June, 2007, Ed released his third EP, titled Want Some. The tracks on the EP were again well produced, and his voice was sounding again much clearer and more mature. He recorded a homemade music video for the track titled Last Night, where he is pictured running through the streets of his hometown Framlingham and with the Framlingham Castle in the background while he sings and plays guitar. During this year he won an award named Most Likely to be Famous at his year 11 prom voted by his peers due to his music pursuits. In 2007, Ed won the Battle of the Bands with his best mate Dan before deciding he wanted to pursue a solo career. During 2007, Ed dropped out of school to pursue a career as a musician in London. He left home at the age of 16 with a backpack full of clothes, his guitar and his loop pedal. He enrolled in a two-day-a-week college course at Access to Music, studying artist development. The government grant he received for the course helped him pay for his rent in a room above a pub called T-Bird in Finsbury Park. He auditioned for the Youth Music Theatre in Plymouth in 2007 and got a part in their production of Frankenstein. During high school, he had been gigging and now sought after playing in front of larger crowds and hoped of getting scouted by a record label. Ed began playing small gigs at pubs and bars and various open mics while busking when he could. He would gig at least two or three times a day with his music courses becoming secondary to gigging. He would often shy away from covers, opting for his original material instead. After moving out of his room at Finsbury Park, he went through periods of having no place to live and had little to no money. He would often ask the audience at a gig if anyone could offer him somewhere to crash for the night, and form friendships with fellow musicians at gigs crashing on their couches. He spent some nights sleeping in the London subway and under the archway at Buckingham Palace as it had heated ducts that kept him warm on cold nights. 
He would earn spare cash on some nights by working as a guitar tech, which helped him stay fed on most nights. In 2008, Ed was accepted into the National Youth Theatre in London, which led him to audition for a role in the British ITV series Britannia High. The role required the chosen actors to be good dancers, actors and performers. Ed auditioned with his homemade wooden block guitar and sang as well. He made it through to the second round, beating a hundred other competitors. Ed confessed he was not a good dancer, but his talent as a singer and guitarist was obvious to the judges. Although Ed would fail to make the final cut due to his dancing technique letting him down in the end. After around two years of this uncertain lifestyle, Ed found a temporary home with his soon-to-be manager, Stuart Camp. One night, Ed happened to get drunk with Stuart at a nearby pub and wound up back at his house. He would end up staying with Stuart and his wife for several months. Stuart worked for Elton John's management company called Rocket Music and his role was to manage young artists. Elton also took Ed under his wing and acted as a mentor to the young up-and-comer. Stuart's wife would act as a motherly figure, supplying food, washing clothes and even cutting Ed's hair for him. It wasn't a free ride for Ed though, as he would gig every possible chance he got. Every Tuesday and Thursday he would perform three times a night, two shows on a Sunday and one show on every other day while writing new material daily. These shows were also about getting noticed and he hoped to get paid but a majority of them were free concerts. During his first shows, he befriended Fiona Bevan and McKill Payne, who were fellow musicians in the local scene. They both described Ed as focused and very talented, and he impressed many audiences along the way. The three friends would go on to collaborate and write songs together. In 2009, Ed would release the track You Need Me, I Don't Need You on the EP You Need Me, released on the 2nd of November that year. The track was later featured on Jamal Edwards' YouTube channel SBTV in 2010, a web show that features up-and-coming fresh artists which managed to attract lots of interest. The track You Need Me, I Don't Need You begins with guitar string plucking before Ed begins to beatbox, setting both of these to his loop pedal as he begins the vocals to the fast-paced pop song with a hip-hop flavour and strums the guitar at the same time. His ability to memorise this wordy track and multitask with the loop pedal, guitar and vocals is quite incredible at such a young age. Ed also began to quote lyrics from 50 Cent's Into Club and reggae style music incorporating it into the song. The insane performance now stands at 11 million views on YouTube and was a clear example of how good Sheeran could possibly be. The video would blow up and earn Sheeran lots of welcomed attention. The lyrics to You Need Me are confident, deep and demonstrate Ed's frustrations with the music industry and phony singer-songwriters as he sings See I'm true, my songs are where my heart is, I'm like glue, I stick to other artists, I'm not you, now that would be disastrous. Let me sing and do my thing and move to greener pastures. See I'm real, I do it all, it's all me, I'm no fake, don't ever call me lazy, I won't stay put, give me the chance to be free. Suffolk sadly seems to sort of suffocate me. Call yourself a singer-songwriter, you're just bluffing. Your name's on the credits and you didn't write nothing. Ed even gives a shout out to his icon Damien Rice as he sings I won't stop till my name's in lights at Stadium Heights with Damien Rice. A music video was released to promote the song featuring an actor dancing and performing sign language to the lyrics. Ed was only visible in the video towards the end and remain this way for a number of his future videos. 
During 2009, at the age of 18, Ed enrolled in a diploma for contemporary music and performance course at the Academy of Contemporary Music in Guildford. He ended up failing six units due to his primary focus being on gigging, receiving straight Fs even in the subject songcraft. He decided to leave the course in early 2010 due to this and decided to solely focus on live performances and selling EPs. Ed's decision to leave was also due to his tutors at the academy holding him back from touring with solo performer Just Jack. He went on to tour that year with Jay Sean and the Noisettes and would also tour with folk and alternative duo Nisloppy as their guitar tech. Ed refers to Nisloppy as a massive influence for his beatboxing and flowing folk style of music. Despite this increased success and popularity rising after uploading his own performance videos to YouTube, Ed was still struggling to get signed and began to lose hope that he would ever make it as an artist. He had plenty of interests but many labels were too scared to take the leap or gamble on him due to his unique genre bending style and being an acoustic artist. After four years of sofa surfing, he was close to giving up on his dream after the repetitive studio gig sleep repeat with little reward or cash. A close friend and poet who was living in Los Angeles in the US at the time told him he would be certain to get some gigs over there. Deciding he needed a revamp and sick of performing for the same old crowds night after night, he decided to take the gamble. Ed had hardly any money left, but he earned enough cash through selling his own CDs from his rucksack and his job as a guitar tech, saving around £2,000 for a one-way ticket to LA. A massive gamble for just an 18-year-old. Ed arrived in LA and retreated to his mate's couch and continued to perform at open mic nights for around a month. Ed's first paid gig was in Inglewood at the Savoy Entertainment Theatre. It was at this show where the theatre promoter asked if he wanted a tour of the local area. The two stopped for hot dogs before making their way to a poetry lounge known as the Foxhole, which was owned by star actor and performer Jamie Foxx. A large majority of the audience were of African-American descent and Ed was basically the only individual of Caucasian descent in the room. Most of the performers were poets, comedians, rappers and hip-hop artists, and Ed was worried his style of music would not connect with the crowd. Ed decided to perform You Need Me, I Don't Need You, and played his heart out, and the crowd loved it. Various audience members and rappers jumped up on stage with him, singing his originals with him, and a good time was had by all. He sold $500 worth of CDs that night, which was around 100 CDs. Ed was unaware that Jamie Foxx's manager was at the gig that night and approached Ed asking if he would like to appear on Jamie's radio show on XM Radio. Ed turned up to the interview and performed his catchiest tune, You Need Me, I Don't Need You, and blew Jamie Foxx away. Jamie liked the performance so much that he even gave Ed his personal email address. Shortly after, Jamie invited him to party at his mansion. Ed, with nothing to lose, agreed and took a taxi to his estate, only to realise it was two and a half hours away and cost him $700 of his hard-earned cash for the ride. It would soon prove worth it though, as Jamie offered Ed to come stay with him and his family and granted him free range of his private personal recording studio. Ed had been staying with some dodgy individuals while in LA and was glad to stay at Jamie's. It's said Ed stayed at Jamie's for anywhere between 5 days to even 6 weeks. He partied with Jamie and other superstars like Jennifer Aniston, waking up on one particular morning to find out he had passed out by a pool the night before. Jamie looked after Ed like a son for that period of time, 
providing him with food and a bed while allowing him to be left alone to work on his music. Jamie's daughter also became interested in Sheeran's music, often peeking into the studio to have a listen to his new material. With Jamie mentioning to his daughter, one day he is going to be the next big thing. After a taste of the LA music scene and party life, Ed earned enough cash from gigs to return to England, refreshed and determined to produce more quality music. Before he went to LA, he went to many labels in the UK and was often told no one wants to see a white ginger rapper and to cut the rapping and loop pedal out. Ed had tried this and didn't like changing his style to suit them, leading to his choice to try LA. After having success playing in LA at comedy clubs and poetry nights, he decided he stood out amongst them and was getting more of a reaction and realised he was doing it all wrong in the UK by just playing singer-songwriter and open mic nights. Realising that he wasn't standing out and looked the same as all the other performers, from then on, Ed decided he would only gig at urban nights and R&B nights like he had done in LA. He went back to gigging, landing a paid job for a school fashion show, providing the theme music, before being asked by English rapper Example to support him on his tour. His first show with Example was a gig at Norwich, and he was initially just booked for the one show. The two got on great and a video of them freestyling called the Nando's Skank went viral displaying how comfortable the two were touring together. His time spent with Example was great exposure for the 19 year old as Example at the time had a number of hits reached the top 20 in the UK. Ed next released an EP titled Loose Change. The EP was released on the 7th of February in 2010 and was released both digitally and on CD. Loose Change brought with it Ed's first taste of success and it managed to break onto the album charts, reaching number 39 in Ireland, 90 in the UK and 83 in Australia. It also sold 60,000 copies worldwide. The theme of the album surrounds Sheeran's struggles with sleeping from couch to couch and being on the streets as the title itself suggests, as well as his usual ballads about love and relationships. It featured two tracks about Sheeran's couch surfing and occasional homelessness, with songs called Sofa and Homeless, and featured a track called The City about being homesick and questioning his place performing in London and his journey for success. The City would also later feature on his debut album. He would also release another homemade music video for the track Let It Out, as it depicts Ed walking through a field with tall grass and riding in a car in a black and white filter as he sings about missing a girl. Another underrated track on the EP includes the song Little Bird, as Ed produces a great example of his unconventional and unique style, mixed with much improved lyrics speaking about a girl he is in love with. One of the most underrated tracks is the song Homeless, that appears similar to a mix of You Need Me and The City, as he details his life on the streets, but also mentioning that he chooses that life in order to achieve his dreams, singing, I haven't slept for the past week, two hours ain't enough for me. I feel inspired at a quarter to three. I haven't changed since our last meet. I'm still getting all my meals for free. Think I'm being shunned by my feet again. It's not a homeless life for me. It's just I'm homeless than I'd like to be. And now I'm sitting on a night bus flicking through my iPod. Feeling kind of tired so I try to close my eyes up. Driver, turn the lights off. Lights on. On stage. Mics on. Song plays. Nice one. Gotta keep my hype strong. While the track titled The City speaks of similar themes, including the feeling homesick, as Ed sings about London being a strange and unwelcoming place, but no matter what, he needs to keep pushing on to achieve his dream, as he sings, 
This city never sleeps. I hear the people walk by when it's late. Sirens bleed through my windowsill. I can't close my eyes. Can't control what I'm into. This tower is alive. The lights that blind me keep me awake. With my hood up and lace untied. Sleep fills my mind. Can't control what I'm into. London calls me a stranger. A traveller. This is now my home. The biggest hit from the EP was a song titled The A-Team. The A-Team is a folk ballad and follows the life of a woman dealing with life on the streets, working as a prostitute and battling with drug addiction. With the specific line, face crumbling like pastry, depicting the damage the drugs have done to her appearance. The lyrics were extremely mature and witty for such a young songwriter, but it's Ed's amazing ability to mask the dark theme of the song with the beautiful rhythm and melody that makes it a pop hit. While the unselfish ability to write about other people's experiences from their perspectives shows just how great of a songwriter he is. Ed says the idea for the lyrics stem from an encounter with a homeless woman called Angel that he met at a homeless shelter while performing at a gig there around Christmas time. He began talking with her and she opened up about her life which inspired Ed to write a song about her situation but by changing some of the details in order to refrain from blatantly ripping off Angel's story. The music video would be released on the 22nd of April 2010, depicting a woman struggling to survive on the streets as a drug addict and eventually succumbing to death at the end. Ed again makes a brief appearance but places the focus on Angel and her story. Ed's description of Angel provides the listener with a great insight into the harsh life she is living as he sings, White lips, pale face, breathing in snowflakes, burnt lungs, sour taste, Lights gone, day's end, struggling to pay rent, long nights, strange men, and the lion ripped gloves, raincoat, tried to swim and stay afloat, dry house, wet clothes, loose change, banknotes, weary-eyed and dry throat, call girl, no phone. While he also makes references to a desperation for drugs as an addict, where he references cocaine in the line, goes mad for a couple grams. Ed displays a maturity to his songwriting well above his age. Overall, the A-Team cost just £200 to record in the studio and £20 to film the music video, featuring his friend as Angel, and the only expenses being a crack pipe and fishnets. Ed followed this up when he released a live EP called Live at the Bedford. This EP featured a previously unreleased song he had written at the age of 16 about one of his best friends passing away who will not be named out of respect for Ed and his friends and family. Ed was just 14 years old when his friend was sadly killed while on a school excursion in Germany when a tragic traffic accident occurred. Ed struggled with his friend's death for many years, using songwriting as a means of therapy and escapism. The beautiful tribute to his friend features a haunting line that reads, Leaves have fallen to the ground, and now there's no one else around to hear the cry. I saw your body, I saw your face, Loss of presence, loss of grace. Ed continues to mention all the things he misses about his friend and the effect it has had on himself and his mates. The song would ultimately lead Ed to get signed after record label executives were there on the night live at the Bedford was recorded, with the mature and deep lyrics appealing to the execs. Ed would never include the track on his albums due to the emotional meaning behind the song and obviously not wanting to profit from the loss of his friend but he would perform the track every now and then live as a tribute. Two months later, Ed released another EP called Songs I Wrote With Amy as a dual project with singer-songwriter Amy Wadge. 
It was a notable EP that sold 30,000 copies and included some relaxing folk-style ballads, including She and Where We Land, but his best work was still yet to come. On January 8, 2011, he released his next EP and his personal favourite of all, called Number 5 Collaborations. The EP was a mix of pop and hip-hop, which was always a favourite genre of Sheeran's. The success of the EP, bringing in over 7,000 sold copies in just its first week, without any promotional record label, earning the EP a slot at number 46 on the UK album charts and number 2 on the iTunes album charts. The EP included collaborations with underground hip-hop and grime artists Wiley, Getz, Devlin, Wretch32 and JME. It includes a number of interesting collaborations with a track called Nightmares with Wretch32 being one of the best on the EP. Another track features Ed's friend McKill Payne with a song called Little Lady which includes the chorus and rhythm of the A-Team, and is like an extension of the original song. Critics panned the EP, but fans couldn't get enough of it. Eventually the EP would sell over 35,000 copies, becoming his second most successful EP behind Loose Change. Just three months later, Sheeran performed in front of 1,000 fans at a free show during the school holidays on a Saturday at the Barfly in Camden Town. The fans were mainly young teens, proving his music would go over with them, and it was a good test to see who exactly his target audience would be. Ed would perform another three to four shows to ensure his demand from fans was met. Even performing directly after a gig outside the venue he had just performed in, out on the street. This came after BBC One and other stations decided against playing the A-Team due to its harsh and raw lyrics and content. The station managers quickly changed their mind after attending the gigs, realising just how great the song would become. On the 26th of April 2011, Ed performed the biggest track from the Loose Change EP called The A-Team on the BBC's late talk show called Later with Jules Holland in front of a studio audience. Ed stood alone on stage with a microphone and guitar, dressed as his usual self like he had walked in off the street. The performance was sped up due to Ed being nervous, but it was a beautiful rendition of the track. Sheeran's creative talent was now too hard to ignore, with the live performance of the A-Team and the success of both Loose Change and the Number 5 collaborations, leading him to be signed to Asylum Records in 2011. Sheeran organised to sign the contract at his local pub called The Station Earl Soham Brewery in Framlingham to make the occasion an enjoyable and comfortable experience and sign it with his family in familiar territory. Asylum Records were happy for him to have most of the control over what music he releases onto his first album as long as he agreed to sufficient radio interviews and TV appearances. Around six weeks later, on the 12th of June 2011, the A-Team was released as Ed Sheeran's debut single for his upcoming album, Plus. The A-Team catapulted into the iTunes charts, reaching number two and selling 58,000 copies in its first week, while also debuting at number three on the UK, New Zealand and Irish charts. It charted at number two in Australia, the Netherlands and Scotland, while making the top ten in a further five countries. It also managed to break onto the US Billboard Hot 100, reaching number 16 and reaching the top 10 on a number of other US charts. The track was extremely popular in Australia, going seven times platinum, selling upwards of 490,000 units. The A-Team became the best-selling debut single of 2011 and finished the year with 810,000 sales. In total, the track has now sold an estimated 6 million copies, both digitally and physically. 
It's had over 576 million streams worldwide on Spotify, and the music video has been viewed on YouTube around 324 million times. When the single blew up, Ed was humbled by messages of support, as he learned of so many individuals that the song had touched. As he stated, After it got into the charts, I got lots of messages from parents saying that something similar has happened to their daughters. When I wrote it, I never thought that it would connect with so many people, but it's great it has. On the 26th of August 2011, You Need Me, I Don't Need You was also re-released for the upcoming Plus album. The track peaked at number 4 in the UK mainstream charts and number 1 on the UK R&B charts and going platinum there. On the 12th of September 2011, Ed Sheeran released his breakthrough debut album titled Plus. The album artwork featuring Ed's face on the front cover with an orange coloured filter. The album was an instant hit, selling 102,000 copies in its first week of release in the UK. His initial goal was to sell 100,000 copies and play at Shepherd's Bush, ticking this off in just his first weeks into the release of Plus. It went straight to number one in the UK, Ireland, Australia and New Zealand, and number five on the US Billboard 200 and Canada as well as the number one spot on the US folk charts. Overall, the album would go on to sell 5.2 million copies worldwide. The third single released on the 11th of November 2011 would be another beautiful folk ballad called Lego House. The new single was yet another big hit for Ed, reaching number 5 in the UK, New Zealand, Ireland and Belgium, while in Australia it peaked at number 4. It managed to make a number of adult and contemporary charts in the US, but only charted at 29 on their Billboard Hot 100. The music video shows actor Rupert Grint from the Harry Potter films portraying a crazed Ed Sheeran fan who is obsessed with him. The humorous music video gathering 274 million views on YouTube. The song, however, has a deeper meaning and refers to a relationship breakdown and an attempt to mend it. As the lyric itself reads, I'm gonna pick up the pieces and build a Lego house. If things go wrong, we can knock it down. Sheeran stated on many occasions that a lot of his songs focus on past lovers and his emotions surrounding them, and this song in particular was more than likely written about his longtime girlfriend, Alice. The single went on to be streamed 316 million times on Spotify and has sold around 3.7 million copies worldwide, becoming the second biggest single from the album behind the A-Team. The next single, titled Drunk, was released on the 19th of February 2012 and would reach number 7 in Ireland and 9 in the UK and Australia. The track failed to chart on the mainstream in the US but it went two times platinum in Australia, again showing his dominance on the Australian charts and his popularity in the country, as it would also receive major airtime on radio. Drunk was written when Ed was 19 while on tour with Example. He had gotten drunk and woke up in a stranger's house unable to remember how he got there and the horrible feelings associated with being out of control of your own body while intoxicated. The song talks about Ed masking his emotions through alcohol due to a recent breakup and the feelings of loneliness and self-loathing. Ed's problems with drinking continues to become a reoccurring theme throughout the rest of the album, while the contrastingly humorous music video shows Ed going out and getting drunk with his pet cat to mask these issues. The music video is the first time Ed appears for most of the clip besides his early video for Open Your Eyes, and it also features his girlfriend at the time named Nina Nesbitt. 
Just two days after the release of Drunk, the Brit Awards were held on the 21st of February, where Sheeran picked up two awards for Best British Male Solo Artist and British Breakthrough Act of the Year. Sheeran also performed at the Brits with the song The A-Team, a nervous Ed took to the stage standing alone with his guitar and a bright spotlight beaming down upon him. Ed slipped up on the line, got you to keep me warm, sounding like his voice had broken as he went slightly higher than he was meant to. Despite this, he soldiered on and finished well, impressing the many well-respected artists in the audience. Later that year, on the 21st of May, Sheeran received a prestigious Ivor Novello Award for Best Song Musically and Lyrically for his song The A-Team. Cementing him as a great young songwriter and fending off other rival nominations, Adele with Rolling in the Deep and Florence and the Machine with Shake It Off. He also was nominated for a Grammy for the A-Team. Elton John attempted to get him a performance slot at the Grammys, but he wasn't seen as high profile enough. In order to get his name out there, Elton decided to appear with him and the two performed a beautiful rendition of the hit song The A-Team together. Elton was very fond of Ed and his music and would go on to refer to Ed as one of the best songwriters in modern music, while also being somewhat of a mentor for Ed and taking the young artist under his wing. Ed's fifth single, released on the 25th of May 2012, was called Small Bump and was an extremely personal song that he was reluctant to release as a single due to the song being confronting and about his close female friend's personal experience. The song is said to be about Ed's close friend having a miscarriage and stillborn baby at five months of pregnancy. Ed places himself in the shoes of the parents for this one as they excitably anticipate the birth of their child only for disaster to strike. He almost decided to leave the song off the album completely, but after deciding to include it as a tribute, the song became very popular before its eventual release as a single, as it related to many women and families that had experienced similar circumstances. The song is sad and emotional, but the sound of Ed's acoustic guitar and his gentle vocals are done beautifully. The music video shows an emotional Ed in a waiting room at a hospital as time passes by him. The track became very popular in Australia, peaking at number 14 and in New Zealand reaching number 11 on their mainstream charts. But unfortunately, it didn't make the top 20 in the UK. On the 4th of June, Ed performed the A-Team for the Queen at the Queen's Diamond Jubilee concert outside Buckingham Palace. Ed Sheeran says it was like a full circle moment after 10 years earlier being an 11 year old kid watching Eric Clapton performing Layla at the same concert for the Queen. In early November 2012, the song Ed wrote for One Direction called Little Things was released and featured on their album Take Me Home. The track was written by Ed with songwriter and friend Fiona Bevan around the age of 17 and is a gentle acoustic ballad highlighting all the beautiful and special imperfections that Ed values about one of Ed's ex-girlfriends most likely being about Alice. As he states, they're from the same batch of songs, they're both about my ex-girlfriend. It's an appreciation song, was written about the best things about someone and kind of like things you wouldn't expect. The track was originally going to feature on one of his own albums, but due to his breakup with Alice leading up to his debut album, he decided to pull the romantic track and decided it would be better suited for One Direction. Despite handing the track to One Direction, it still managed to have an Ed Sheeran sound to it, with the lyric and acoustic style. It was the second track that he had written for One Direction after previously writing moments for the boy band earlier that year and being once again about his ex-girlfriend Alice. Little Things became a number one mega hit for One Direction, going to number one in the UK and eight other countries, and the top ten in another eight nations. 
After this, Ed went on to release his final single of his debut album, titled Give Me Love, which was released on the 21st of November 2012 and is a more upbeat pop rock ballad. Ed displays a wide range of vocal techniques and emotion in this tune. It managed to reach its highest position at number 9 in Australia and number 10 in Ireland. The song addresses Ed's struggle with his breakup with Alice as he attempts to mask his problems with alcohol and sex with random women. The raw emotion in the track can be heard when Ed screams, Give me love, as he strums his guitar wildly. Ed once again refers to his alcohol problems stemming from the pain of love in this track as he sings, Give me love like never before, because lately I've been craving more, and it's been a while but I still feel the same, maybe I should let you go. You know I'll fight my corner, and that tonight I'll call you, after my blood is drowning in alcohol. Other tracks on the album also display Ed's love for hip-hop music, for example the tracks Grade 8 and The City which was featured on the album after first being released on his EP Loose Change, utilising his beatboxing skills in the track. The song Wake Me Up was written by Ed about his breakup with his girlfriend of three and a half years named Alice, as he reflects on all the good times they shared in this sad piano ballad. Sheeran states about the song, I picked out every little thing about my ex-girlfriend that I thought was wicked and put it into a song. He also said, There's a lyric about New Year's Day on Southwall Beach when I made her a necklace from two bits of chalk which I carved into a heart. It is said Ed wrote the song as he sat poolside while staying with Jamie Foxx. The track titled Grade 8 also features a hip-hop style beat and flow as Sheeran sings about the beginning of his relationship with Alice when he was just 17 as he describes how great he felt in the early stages of his first serious relationship. Other tracks titled This and You and I were also written about Alice and his breakup with her as she moved away to attend university. Ed shows no sign of ever suffering from a stutter in this song as he spits the lyrics extremely quickly and impressively throughout the track, while his mellow guitar strumming accompanies the track beautifully. While the abbreviation UNI is a reference to university being the reason for their breakup, as Ed sings, you and I, ended over you and I. Ed would go on to mention throughout his career his dislike for university, and often mentions it in his songs in a negative light, perhaps stemming from this particular event in his life. The album rounds out with Kiss Me, written about and for Ed's godparents marrying one another after 40 years of friendship after divorcing their partners, realising they were in love and tying the knot. A number of bonus tracks were included on the deluxe album as they describe Ed's relationship with Alice. These include Gold Rush, Sunburn and the re-recorded version of Little Bird. Clearly Alice has had a significant impact on Ed as he was simply not ready to let go of their relationship. While the underrated and beautiful bonus track titled Autumn Leaves is said to be written about the loss of another close friend that wouldn't have been out of place on the main album. When questioned by Q magazine on the meaning behind his songs on the album and the casual way he appears in public, Ed stated, I don't really look like a performer, I kind of look like I'd be your mate's brother or some dude you went to school with, so I'm quite accessible in that sense. I don't wear expensive clothes or sing about fast cars, I write about everyday things that people can relate to. By this point, Ed Sheeran had clearly won over the UK, Irish, Australian and New Zealand fans, with Australia and New Zealand emerging as his most successful charting nations to date, later stating they are his favourite places to travel. But he had yet to win over the Americans despite cracking their adult and contemporary charts. 
On the 2nd of October 2011, Ed had embarked on his first world tour, beginning in Oxford at the O2 Academy. The tour consisted of shows across the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Europe and North America before returning to England and the US for more dates. Ed would take singer-songwriters Foy Vance and Passenger on tour with him and wrote songs on the road in preparation for his next album. Ed played in front of crowds of 6,000 to 9,000 people while headlining in the US. It was just him on stage with his guitar, microphone and his trusty loop pedal, surprising many audiences with his ability to captivate the crowd for a full show with just himself as a solo act. In between his own tour, he also supported Snow Patrol in the US from March to May in 2012, and had a massive breakthrough supporting Taylor Swift on her Red Tour from March to September of 2013. Taylor Swift had heard Ed Sheeran's music while she was touring in Australia for a Speak Now tour in 2012, and got in contact with him immediately, organising to record a track with him and deciding to invite him on her next tour. She really wanted to work with Ed as she loved the way he incorporates rhythm patterns into lyrics. They released the track titled Everything Has Changed on Swift's fourth studio album titled Red in October of 2012 and released it as an official single in July of 2013. The song won them a few minor awards and peaked at number 5 in Ireland, number 7 in the UK and received a good amount of airtime on US radio. The two would appear on stage performing the song while on the Red Tour, displaying great chemistry and sparking rumours of an intimate relationship, with both confirming to the media that it was just a mutual respect for one another and it was simply just a friendship. The Red Tour included the biggest crowds Ed had performed in front of yet, with the biggest crowd numbers on one show ranging from the 40,000 mark to 55,000. Ed found this time to be so special that he commemorated it by getting a tattoo titled Red on himself. During this tour, Ed badly cut open his hand while trying to open a beer while relaxing with singer Gavin DeGraw. He would repeat this years later before one of his own gigs, cutting his hand so badly that he almost caused tendon damage, which would have affected his ability to play guitar in the future. Despite this, he played the gig to the end and reopened his wound and stitches during the performance. To this day, Ed still twitches at the thought of that injury. Ed concluded his PLUS tour on the 7th of November 2013. After more than two years on the road, Ed performed his final three concerts at Madison Square Garden. In front of a large crowd, Ed performed a track called Tenerife Sea as a teaser for his next album for the very first time. These three performances were also a memorable time in Ed's life, marking the great memories with three boxing glove tattoos representing the concerts. In total, Ed performed around 100 shows on his Plus Tour, along with around 80 shows as a support act for Taylor Swift in North America, and over 30 shows with Snow Patrol across North America. A massive feat for someone so young and talented to perform over 200 shows over two years. Two days before his final live show, he debuted the song Icy Fire as the lead soundtrack in the credits for the film The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. The acoustic ballad reached number one across a range of European countries, including Sweden, Norway and Romania, and would become the first number one in New Zealand, the home of the Lord of the Rings setting. The song also reached the top ten in Australia and Germany, and charted at number 13 in the UK, and reached number one on the US Billboard Bubbling Under chart based on the streams and radio airplay. Sheeran was thrilled to have had his song included in the film of one of his favourite franchises and was a big fan of director Peter Jackson who he had met in New Zealand over lunch 
after Jackson's daughter recommended Ed to sing on the soundtrack. Ed is a massive fan of Middle Earth type movies, stories and the like, with The Hobbit being the first ever book he read as a child and being an interest he shared with his grandfather. Ed was allowed exclusive access to watch the film early in order to produce the most fitting song possible, recording and writing the song in the same day. Sheeran even played violin on the track and utilised overdubbing to enhance the sound. He would play all instruments apart from the cello on this moving piece of music. After a massive few years on tour and releasing his debut album, Sheeran did some charity work and appeared at the Teenage Cancer Trust concert at Royal Albert Hall in London. He performed Take It Back for the first time, which would feature on his next album. The fast-paced song states so itself that Ed isn't a rapper, he's just a singer with the flow. He fires out fast-paced lyrics in this well-written, confident track. He talks about his life on the street to how he makes his music and dealing with plagiarism and criticism from the media. Sheeran would face some questions by the media after its release as the lyrics mentioned that he slept with a movie star and added to the population. Sheeran would remain discreet and private about this and stated he did what any young man would do while in America. Ed would always remain quite a private person pertaining to his personal life as he felt it wasn't anyone else's business. On the 7th of April 2014, Sheeran released his first single called Sing for his upcoming new album. Producers and Ed were worried the single may put his cult following off, as it was a far stretch from his usual acoustic folk ballads, as it was a fast-paced acoustic pop song. The song featured renowned R&B artist Pharrell Williams, who produced and wrote the song with Ed. Known for his hits such as Happy and Drop It Like It's Hot, Pharrell had been following Sheeran's career on Twitter and tweeted one day about his track The A-Team being great. Pharrell referred to Sheeran as one of the best songwriters, period. The two met at the Grammys as Ed noticed Pharrell sitting directly behind him and was simply in awe. The two got talking afterwards and organised to work together. Ed was shocked at Pharrell's interest to work with him but jumped at the opportunity as he too loved Pharrell's work. Despite the worry and doubt of Ed and others involved in the production of the song, Pharrell knew it had to be released first as he could see it was going to be a hit. Pharrell would be proven right when the song went straight to number one, becoming Sheeran's biggest hit to date. It went straight to number one in the UK, Australia, Ireland, Scotland, Israel, Canada and New Zealand. It also ranked highly in Europe and managed to get to 13 on the US charts. It would become a crowd favourite at concerts with the crowd singing the chorus back to Ed. The music video featured Ed and Pharrell on a night out with a puppet version of Ed performing karaoke in Koreatown. The idea for the video was derived from a night out Ed had with South Korean artist Psy, known for his mega-hit Gangnam Style. The YouTube video now stands at 206 million views. Despite the song becoming a major success, on the 16th of May 2014, Ed would next release the acoustic ballad One as a promotional single to reassure his loyal fan base that he was not straying away from his original sound. The song made the top 20 in the UK, but didn't make waves worldwide. The song was written while on tour in Perth, Australia, while in his dressing room, where he composed the song with a guitar he says he made out of a whiskey barrel. He wrote the song about his former girlfriend Alice, and would be the last time Ed would write about her on one of his albums. The track talks about how he hopes the two would remain friends, despite splitting up, as he sings, All my senses come to life, while I'm stumbling home as drunk as I have ever been, and I'll never leave again, cause you are the only one. And all my friends have gone to find another place to let their hearts collide. Just promise me, you'll always be a friend, cause you are the only one. 
The beautiful track is accompanied by a powerful music video, displaying Ed playing guitar and singing in an empty arena. He felt releasing the song was a good way to wrap up that period of his life and move on beginning a new chapter. On the 20th of June 2014, Ed's new album Multiply was released worldwide. It would best his debut album selling a total of 8.9 million copies worldwide. The album was full of hits, ballads and catchy beats. It went straight to number one in the UK, US, New Zealand and Australia, as well as another 12 countries while reaching the top 10 in a further 11 countries. It went 11 times platinum in the UK, selling over 3.3 million copies and going 9 times platinum in Australia, selling over 500,000 copies there. After the success of the single Sing, Ed released his next single called Don't. It was originally intended to be left off the album completely due to its personal nature, but he would later change his mind and wanted it to be his first single, only for Pharrell to convince him otherwise, opting for Sing instead. Don't peaked at number 4 in Australia and number 6 in New Zealand, with Israel becoming a new likely fanbase for the track reaching number 2. It only managed to reach number 8 in the UK and 9 in the US but it was given plenty of airtime due to the controversy surrounding the lyrics and of course being a catchy tune. The music video for the track received great reviews as it depicted a man expressing himself through dance, going from poverty to wealth and received much praise and critical acclaim. Don't was written by both Ed and his good friend and producer Benjamin Levin, also known for his stage name Benny Blanco. It is a song written about a fellow musician that appeared to use Ed for sex and breaking off a short-lived relationship by cheating for her own personal gain. The angsty song is a mix of R&B and blues, or soul music featuring Ed's acoustic guitar and many various backing vocals performed by Ed himself. Rumours circulated in the media that the song was about Ed's friend and fellow musician, Taylor Swift, but was later confirmed not to be about her, as Ed said, It's 100% not about Taylor. Taylor's one of those people that if you piss her off and she writes a song about you, it's not good news for you. I've never dated Taylor. I've dated a few singers though. Ed also stated that he played the song for her. As he said, she was like, whatever happens, ever, between us as friends. I never want to piss you off that much. British artist Ellie Goulding would become the most likely candidate, although Ed denied these rumours and would not comment on which artist it was. He also stated about the track that, The story is Don't is 100% true. I could have gotten nastier. There was more shit that I didn't put in. I was seeing someone for a bit of time, and then they ended up physically involved with one of my friends in the same hotel that we were staying in while I was downstairs. And I feel like, treat people how you want to be treated. Lyrics stating, we make money the same way, four cities, two planes in the same day, back these rumours confirming it was in fact a musician. He later stated that writing this song was therapeutic and relieved a lot of stress as it had hurt him deeply. He says the woman in question appeared innocent and kind but deceived him. It would also become the first time Ed would have to include an explicit warning for a track for the lyric, don't fuck with my heart. It displayed that Ed was now willing to break away from the nice guy mould the media had portrayed him in in the past. It's likely the woman in question was in fact Ellie Goulding, as he was said to be collaborating with her musically and dating her at the time when she was seen with Ed's good friend and One Direction member, Niall Horan, suggesting Niall was also the man in question being the friend that slept with his girl. This got even more intense when Goulding released her track titled On My Mind, where she sings, You wanted my heart, but I just liked your tattoos. Sheeran would remain tight-lipped when given this in a question, but also never firmly stated that Ellie being the one wasn't true, 
whereas he firmly denied it being about Swift. After having two successful hits with Sing and Don't from his new album, he would further cement his legacy as a great songwriter with the mega-hit Thinking Out Loud. Originally, it was feared that it wouldn't receive airtime due to being five minutes in length and being a ballad. It was released anyway in September of 2014. The beautiful romantic ballad would become Ed's biggest hit to date. It became an instant classic as a wedding song to many around the world. It rocketed to number one in 16 countries including the UK, Ireland, New Zealand and Australia, while going to number two on a further 10 charts around the world including the US Billboard Hot 100. It was massive in the US going 12 times platinum and selling over 12 million copies of the single worldwide. Despite not going to number one in the US, it would become Sheeran's highest grossing hit of his career there. It would also become the first single to spend a full year in the top 40 on the UK charts and became the first song to reach three times platinum in the UK in the 21st century. It broke other records as well, becoming the first song to eclipse 500 million streams on Spotify despite being eclipsed by Lean On by Major Lazer only one month later. It now stands at 1.4 billion streams on Spotify. The lyrics to Thinking Out Loud were simply brilliant and produced some of the most memorable and romantic lines from a hit in years, such as, When your legs don't work like they used to before, and I can't sweep you off of your feet. Will your mouth still remember the taste of my love? Will your eyes still smile from your cheeks? And so honey now, take me into your loving arms. Kiss me under the light of a thousand stars. Place your head on my beating heart. I'm thinking out loud. Maybe we found love right where we are. The music video for Thinking Out Loud would be equally as impressive and successful as it featured Sheeran with contemporary dancer Brittany Sherry in a lavish ballroom setting as they danced elegantly and intensely with one another. It became Ed's most viewed music video of all time with 2.9 billion views. It was one of the first times Ed had featured so intimately in a music video and was filmed from start to finish with no edits. Ed spent five hours a day for three weeks practicing for the video, with Britney while on tour for Multiply. He also lost 35 pounds over the course of a month to look more appealing in the music video by mainly giving up beer for that period. The song was written by Ed with Amy Wadge and he came up with a guitar riff that sounded like a Van Morrison style rhythm. Ed being a huge fan of the Irish star decided to compose the song like his idol, stating, Everyone always channels Michael Jackson and the Beatles and Bob Dylan and I feel like Van Morrison is a key figure in the music that I make. Amy and Ed wrote the song in 20 minutes early one morning on February the 14th, Valentine's Day, 2014. The songwriting process began when the two were up at 2am talking about everlasting love as Sheeran was referring to his then girlfriend named Athena Andrelos. He was really happy with his relationship at this point and felt he was deeply in love with Athena. He recorded the song the following day and was the second last track to be put onto the album and one Ed was excited for everybody to hear. Amy Wadge at the time was struggling financially as he told the Daily Mirror, Amy was going through financial troubles about a year ago. She drove to my house, my album was nearly done and she asked if I could put a song from when I was 17 on the deluxe album so she could get a little bit of money and pay for the mortgage and bills and stuff. While she was there, we wrote Thinking Out Loud. Now she never has to worry about money again. The success of the song alone was enough to set Amy up financially due to her collaboration with Ed. On the 11th of February 2015, Ed released his fourth single from Multiply called Bloodstream. The track had an indie rock acoustic vibe and it was written in unison with members of Snow Patrol and Rudimental. 
The original album version only made it to 60 on the charts in the UK, but was remixed by Rudimental and re-released later in February the following year, sending it to number 2 in the UK, New Zealand and Scotland. The original track was successful in Australia and Europe, however reaching the top 10. The track is a deep dark dive into the world of Ed Sheeran's problems with addiction. The song deals with a trip Ed had while on MDMA, or ecstasy for the first time, and excessively drinking large amounts of alcohol. In Ibiza at a wedding where he felt a range of feelings such as anxiety, love, warmth, and a weird feeling. He also funnily enough states that he fell in love with a beanbag at this event, as he is quoted as saying, It was a wedding and I was having a mojito, and my mate was like, Do you want to try it? It tastes really bad if you put it in your mouth, but I'll just put it in your drink and it'll be fine. It was MDMA and I fell in love with a beanbag. I literally got home and bought six beanbags. During it all I felt a lot of things. I felt anxiety, I felt love, I felt warm, I felt a bit weird. And afterwards you spend all day just thinking about what you've been through. So I've only done it once and I've told my mum and dad about it. Despite just taking this drug on one occasion, Ed was spiralling out of control partying quite regularly and it would take his cousin Murray Cummings to pull him out of this rut. His cousin had been filming and following his career since the very start and gave an ultimatum to Ed that if the behaviour continued, then he was out. Ed basically turned his attitude around from this day forward and slowed down on the party lifestyle. Ed began to go through a state in his life where he wanted to settle down and find the one and began to realise around this time that the party life would never help him to get that. He recalls the loneliness in empty dressing rooms and wanting to just keep the party going on his own. When he eventually reconnected with Cherry Seaborn, he says she helped him stay clean and on the straight and arrow. The final single released on the Multiply album was Photograph. Released in May 2015, the track was another successful hit for Sheeran. Photograph went to number one in Canada and Mexico and made the top ten in a range of countries including the US and Australia, but only made number 15 in the UK. The folk pop acoustic track was written by Ed and Snow Patrol member Johnny McDade and sees Sheeran sing in a gentle tone as the drums and guitar build up to the chorus. Ed came up with the line Loving Can Hurt and McDade added a piano loop he had constructed and the two went from there composing it within half an hour and was the first track finished for the Multiply album. Ed said when composing the track that he was playing around with Lego when it all clicked as he states, He had a loop of this piano piece just going on and on. I was sat on the floor making a Lego X-Wing fighter to give to his sister for a charity auction and this piano loop keeps playing and I start singing a line and the song kind of unraveled from there. We sat for about four hours, me making Lego and him on the laptop, just building stuff and then I picked up a guitar and we properly structured it. Ed and McDade combined for six tracks on this album, including one bonus track after writing them together while Ed toured with Snow Patrol in 2012, and remaining good mates afterwards. Photograph was originally written about Ed's former girlfriend and fellow singer-songwriter Nina Nesbitt, who he dated for a period in 2012. He uses descriptive lyrics to describe the time he spent with her while away on tour, as the two were in a long-distance relationship. The two dated for around a year, but were apart for almost half of their relationship. The music video is much different, however, due to running out of time to record a music video and decided instead to display personal images and home videos of Ed growing up from a smiley newborn all the way to adulthood as he sings in front of screaming fans and showing his ever-growing love for music, cats and Lego. 
The video became very popular and has now eclipsed over 905 million views and gives a great insight into the home life of Ed. Sheeran would commemorate the success of the track by getting a tattoo titled 6th Street on himself after the address where he wrote it being 6th Street, Denver, Colorado. Upon returning to the exact street after receiving the tattoo, Ed realised it was actually 6th Avenue and not 6th Street. Photograph would be the first of two songs written about Nina on Multiply, as the track titled Nina itself describes the two's conflicting relationship while both trying to have successful music careers. Nina didn't want to be known for being in a relationship with Ed, but known for her own music, as she too was a musician. This is said to be the reason the two broke up, with Nina stating in an interview that the two had a love-hate relationship. The lyrics are very descriptive of the two's time spent together, stating they met as teenagers, most likely at the age of 18. While the song has a deep, sad undertone to it, depicting how unfortunate it is that the relationship can't work. The album as a whole was a major success for Sheeran, setting him up not only financially, but also giving him recognition as a great singer-songwriter. He previously worried that he wouldn't live up to the hype of his first album, and feared of becoming a one-hit wonder. Every other track on the album became popular, and managed to chart at some capacity around the world. One of these songs included the moving and beautiful song titled Fire Love, which was sampled from theme music called Remembering Jenny from the television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy was one of Ed's favourite TV shows and he loved this theme so much that he decided to use it for a fire love. The highly emotive piano sample sets the scene in this sad song about Sheeran's grandfather suffering with Alzheimer's for almost 20 years and eventually dying from the horrible disease that takes a person's memory away. As Ed states in the song, the devil took your memory and my father told me son, it's not his fault he doesn't know your face. The moving tribute really paints a clear picture of the sadness the family are going through at the time and manages to tell the story of the love shared between his grandmother and grandfather as the lyrics state, Put your open lips on mine and slowly let them shut for their design to be together. With your body next to mine, our hearts will beat as one and we're set alight, we're a fire in love. At the ending of the song, the family appear to rejoice singing Hallelujah and again highlights Sheeran's abilities as a songwriter and storyteller. Ed began writing the song two weeks before his grandfather passed away and would finish it at his grandfather's funeral. Ed would pay tribute to his grandfather at the 2014 Grammy Awards wearing his granddad's necktie. Other great tracks on the album include the song Nina that is written about his girlfriend at the time, Nina Nesbitt, who travelled with him while on tour. He says the song is about when you're a musician and you date someone, there's always an in-between. You put your family and your friends first, always, and then your career second. But when you date someone, they kind of fall in between the family and friends and career, and you don't really know whether they're more important than the career, or whether they're more important than family. So this song is about that. The song is quite self-destructing, as Ed attempts to call Nina and attempt to blatantly tell her to break up with him. As he sings, Oh Nina, you should go Nina, cause I ain't never coming home Nina, oh won't you leave me now. As he continues and sings, I've been living on the road Nina, but then again you should know Nina, cause that's you and me both Nina, oh won't you leave me now. The song is very descriptive, as he describes his time spent with Nina, such as listening to Stevie Wonder, smoking marijuana together, and sharing intimate moments while also highlighting the many flaws and problems in their challenging relationship as musicians. The piano section is also a sample from Wretch 32's Welcome to My World. 
The track titled I'm a Mess was written by Ed Sheeran when reaching his lowest point, with so many things going on in his life as he states, That's a self-derogatory song about a time last year when everything came to a head. There was so much going on and so many loose ends that needed to be tied. I was stressed, but like Joni Mitchell said, the closer you can get to your heart, the closer you can get to other people's. People relate to the things they don't want to talk about, you know, insecurities and fucking up. He also added, that is why Adele was so huge as her album is very raw and honest. A similar track featured on the album titled The Man also refers to a time where Ed was feeling stressed regarding a relationship where he was brutally honest and vented his frustrations. While another angsty soul-style song, titled Runaway, was written by Ed and Pharrell Williams and details the time Ed moved away to focus on his music career and the relationship with his father being a loving but strained one. Not much else has ever been said regarding the reasoning behind Ed writing this song. Another highly underrated track is the touching wedding-style ballad titled Tenerife Sea. Ed wrote Tenerife Sea due to an experience he had at the 2013 Grammy Awards where he was surrounded by superstars of the music industry as they talked senseless rubbish, took drugs and partied. But all he wanted to do was be with his girlfriend, Athena Andrelos, who he was deeply in love with. Ed states, We were surrounded by all the musicians I look up to, but neither of us wanted to be there. You just want to be of this one person. There were lots of people chatting about loads of stuff I didn't really understand and wasn't interested in, and thinking, shall we just pop off? Ed's lyrics are simply beautiful in this track as he sings You look so wonderful in your dress, I love your hair like that, the way it falls on the side of your neck, down your shoulders and back. We are surrounded by all of these lies and people that talk too much. You got that kind of look in your eyes as if no one knows anything but us. Should this be the last thing I see, I want you to know it's enough for me, because all that you are is all that I'll ever need. Ed would also reveal that his girlfriend's blue eyes, mixed with seeing a holiday brochure depicting a blue sea, would become the main reasoning behind the title. Tenerife Sea is currently Ed's most streamed song on Spotify, not to be released as a single of any of his albums. The Deluxe Multiply album features a number of underrated bonus tracks, including the somber and emotional ballad titled Even My Dad Does Sometimes, which Ed co-wrote with Amy Wadge about her friend's struggle with cancer and suggesting it's okay for a man to cry, as even her dad does sometimes. As Ed sings, it's alright to cry, even my dad does sometimes, so don't wipe your eyes, tears remind you you're alive, it's alright to die, cause that's the only thing you haven't tried, just for tonight, hold on. The beautiful but sad song would also be accompanied by brilliant tracks, including a fast-paced song where Ed sticks it to the haters, titled Take It Back, which was mentioned earlier as well as the song Shirt Sleeves, which was suggested to have been written about Alice. Multiply overall was a smash hit and was simply brilliant with loads of moving and relatable ballads and lyrical masterpieces that would go on to earn him loads of awards and accolades. Throughout 2014 to 2015, Ed had been dating Athena Adrelos, with the two breaking up in early 2015. In February 2015, Ed had began a relationship with former high school friend, Cherry Seaborn. When Ed left to chase his musical dreams, Cherry left to study at Durham University in England for a Bachelor of Molecular Biology, graduating in 2013. 
Cherry was born in Suffolk in 1992 and was one year younger than Ed. She is described as a kind and sweet girl and the couple liked to remain private about most of their personal life together. During college, she became a great field hockey player before moving to North Carolina in the US to complete a Master of Management degree at Duke University. Cherry worked as an accountant before eventually moving to New York as a British advisory consultant. Ed would move in with Cherry in New York while working on his third studio album, Divide. During 2015, Ed attended the Brit Awards held on the 25th of February where Sheeran won two more Brit Awards, sending his tally to four by winning British Album of the Year and British Male Solo Artist of the Year. He would also go on to win Songwriter of the Year at the Ivor Novello Awards three months later and would follow this up supporting the Rolling Stones on their Zip Code tour in North America beginning on the 27th of June 2015. He continued this massive year by performing three sold-out shows at Wembley Arena from the 10th of July to the 12th, which was a career highlight for Sheeran. He again appeared nervous, but once that opening line from I'm a Mess was sung, the crowd went ballistic and he had them in the palm of his hands. He amazed the world with his live performances and his ability to conduct a whole show on his own without a band to bounce off or cover your mistakes. It was quite an unheard of image, a man with his guitar and loop pedal playing to an arena sized crowd. From August 2014 to December 2015, Ed would perform a huge 180 shows just on his Multiply tour alone as he travelled across the UK, Europe, Japan, North America, Asia, South America, New Zealand and Australia. During 2015, Ed also wrote the song Love Yourself while on his tour bus with Benny Blanco. It was planned to go on his next album but decided it would not suit him which led to Canadian born artist Justin Bieber landing the song. It was almost given to American R&B artist Rihanna but was offered to Bieber instead. The track would become a huge hit for Bieber going straight to number one in 15 countries, including Australia, the UK and the US, lasting around 24 consecutive weeks in the top 10 in the States. It sold over 8 million copies and would become a second global number one that Ed had given to another act. Sheeran describes hanging out with Bieber back in 2010, after Bieber told him he was a fan of his music. In 2015, while the two were in Japan, Ed was on tour and Bieber was doing a commercial, and they decided to hang out singing at a karaoke bar. Ed had been drinking heavily and performed Love Yourself, and Bieber was just on the waters that night and performed Thinking Out Loud. They then ventured down to a golf course, where Bieber suggested that Ed should hit a golf ball out of his mouth off a tee. Bieber laid flat on the ground, placed the tee and ball in his mouth as Ed lined up the shot and cracked Bieber in the face. Ed says that he heard a large fud, and Bieber's security guard was not pleased at all. Bieber laughed it off though, and it didn't cause any facial damage. The two remain close, and when possible, the two hang out. On the 8th of June 2015, Ed Sheeran would be honoured by the American Institute for Stuttering for overcoming his stuttering and raising awareness for speech disorder. He delivered a brilliant speech at the award night and spoke about overcoming the disorder, delivering a great message for kids to be inspired to follow in his footsteps. Cheers. Nice one. Um, this is the uh, second award that I've ever got in America, so that's quite nice. Um, I, didn't, I didn't actually know I was getting an award tonight, because um, I didn't expect one. I, I, was, I was coming here to um, support the cause. I got an email from Emily about three months ago telling me about the thing, and I said, of course I'll turn up. Um, so turning up today and saying you're getting an award is, um, 
Yeah, pretty wild, but yeah. Um, I, um, I, I was a very, very, very weird child. Very weird child. Um, and I had, uh, I had a, a Port Weinstein birthmark on my face that were, I got lasered off when I was very young. And one day they forgot to put the anaesthetic on. And then ever since then, I had a stutter. And I also had very, very big blue NHS glasses. NHS is the National Health Service. One day, I hope you'll have the same. Um, <laughs> just saying. And um, I lacked, lacked an eardrum on one side of my face. So to uh, one side of um, my... Yeah. Uh, so um, stuttering was actually the least of my problems when I went to school, uh, but it was still it was still quite a um, still still quite a, a, a difficult thing. And the thing that I found uh, most difficult about it was knowing what to say, but not really being able to express it in the the right way. Um, so I, d I did different speech therapies and stuff, which wasn't very successful. Um, I had uh, homeopathy, which is like herbs and shit where you're drinking and drinking. It's, it's, it's all right. Um, but uh, I, got, I got heavily into music um, at a young age and got very, very into rap music. Um, uh, Eminem was the first, first album that my dad bought me. I remember my uh, Uncle Jim um, told my dad that Eminem was the next Bob Dylan when I was... Uh, uh, Say what you want. It's pretty, pretty, pretty similar. But um, it's all just all, all storytelling. So my dad bought me uh, the Marshall Mathers LP when I was nine years old, not knowing what was on it, um, <laughs> and let me listen to it. And I learned every word of it back to front by the age I was ten. And he raps very fast and very melodically and very percussively, and um, it helped me get rid of the stutter. And then from there, I just kind of carried on, did some music, and now I'm here. But it's. Uh, I, I think I think the one the, the one thing I wanted to convey in my speech today for, for um, not so much the adults here because I feel like the adults are fine you're all you're all sorted everyone here's got a lot of money and everyone's chilling but more the um, more the kids that are that that are here that are going through the therapy and I I, I want to stress the point that it's not stuttering is not is not a thing you have to be worried about at all. And even if you have quirks and weirdness, you shouldn't be worried about that. I think the, mo the people that I went to school with were the, were the most normal and were the coolest when we grew up. Like, I was telling Emily earlier that uh, one of the cool kids from school now does my plumbing. So that's, <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. So um, being... Um, LAUGHTER uh, my my thing that I wanted to stress most tonight is not is not is not necessarily to to shed light on stuttering or make it or make it a a thing is just um, um, stress to kids in in in, in general is to just be yourself because there's no one in the world that can be a better you than you and if you try to be the cool kid from class you'll end up being very boring and doing plumbing for someone that you don't really want to do plumbing for um, and uh, yeah it's just be your be yourself embrace your quirks being being weird is a it is 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 is, is a wonderful thing and uh, it has led for so many creative people and not even just creative people like you you own a fucking football team now that's pretty cool um, <laughs> but I think you know just um, I'm not very good at speeches I don't do a lot of speeches but I, I, I think the one thing I want to say is, is, is be yourself embrace your quirks in, 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 embrace your weirdness and from a um, from a stuttering point of view don't, don't treat it as an issue you know work work through it and get the treatment that you you want to get, but don't don't ever treat it as an issue, and don't see it as a um, a plight on your life. And uh, carry on pushing forward. And I did all right. You can do all right as well. Emily did all right. Nice one. Thank you. Thank you.
In August of 2015, Ed launched his own record label called Gingerbread Man Records, signing his co-writer and support act Foy Vance and singer-songwriter Jamie Lawson. Sheeran also collaborated with Macklemore shortly after, featuring in the chorus to the track Growing Up about the birth of Macklemore's daughter Sloane and the concerns of becoming a new father. During August, Ed would also get a large tattoo of a lion on his chest, sparking a media meltdown as fans and journalists discussed whether it was real or not. Ed would later confirm on the Ellen DeGeneres show that the tattoo was 100% real. Despite the disapproval of many, Ed stated that he doesn't care what people think of his tattoos and that they all have meaning to him. Sheeran has always said it is his way of expressing himself and he has always enjoyed the art aspect of his tattoos. The lion to him represents all parts of his career leading to that point in his life and represents his English heritage. Sheeran would take his tattoo tally to 61 in 2019 with some of Ed's most famous tattoos including a koala symbolising his trip to Australia, a gingerbread man for his favourite movie Shrek, a teddy bear representing his childhood nickname, a green gecko as a symbol of good luck and fortune, blue angel wings for the song A-Team, a Heinz tomato ketchup bottle for his favourite food item, a Lego man head for Lego house, Damien Rice's autograph, a phoenix rising from the ashes as it gives him hope, Prince for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, his favourite TV show, a three-leaf clover for his Irish granddad, the words Your Name as a direct reference to the song Wake Me Up for the Plus album, as the lyrics state, I should ink my skin with your name. And finally, a simple outline of a mother and child, which was the first tattoo he got for his mum with his first paycheck. On the 24th of September, 2015, Sheeran also featured on a track called Lay It All On Me with Rudimental. After collaborating on Bloodstream, Ed would provide his vocals for the entire song for the British drum and bass band for their upcoming album We The Generation. Rudimental had been touring with Sheeran and decided to collaborate for a song about brotherhood and sticking together. The electronic dance beat is quite relaxed and makes for easy listening as Ed's vocals add to the emotion of the song. It managed to break into the top 10 in a number of countries, including Ireland, Scotland, Australia and New Zealand, but only reached number 12 in the UK. Just two days after the release of Lay It All On Me, Sheeran appeared at a charity event held by Coldplay's Chris Martin at Central Park in New York to raise awareness and put an end to global poverty. Sheeran would headline the concert alongside Beyonce, Pearl Jam and Coldplay. Ed then went on to win a number of other awards for his live performances and album Multiply. In 2016, Ed's song Thinking Out Loud won him two Grammy Awards for the Song of the Year and Best Pop Solo Performance with Multiply going on to become the second best-selling album of the year for 2015 behind Adele's 25. Over the course of this time, Ed had been struggling with substance abuse and had gained considerable weight and began to become unhappy with the non-stop touring and pop star life and decided he needed to step away from music for a gap year. He had previously went on vacation in 2015 in Spain where he got drunk and jumped from a yacht attempting to land in the water and caught the side of the boat, damaging his ear badly and rupturing his one good eardrum that required a skin graft. It was the second time he had ruptured it after it happened when he was 18. After these incidents, Sheeran has now only 25% hearing left in his good ear, which is worrying as he was already missing an eardrum. 
Sheeran had now begun to build quite a good list of artists he had either collaborated with or provided songs for as he looked to now focus on having a break from music and social media and did away with his mobile phone altogether, going on a trip around the world with his partner Cherry Seaborn. In 2016 they travelled to a number of countries where he had not sold too many albums as he thought it would be a more private getaway where he could avoid being noticed. The two of them went on holiday for a good solid three months. They travelled to Ghana and danced with the locals to a song he had written for his next album called Bibi Yeah Yeah, which was a happy African tropical type beat. He even travelled to Iceland and hiked up a volcano where Ed was warned by the guide not to venture off the track as it was dangerous. But Ed's inquisitiveness got the better of him and he veered off the track to get a closer look at a bubbling hot spring. When the surface gave way and his foot slipped in, giving him severe burns, resulting in him requiring a skin graft. Despite this, the two had a great time and it helped recharge Ed for the next chapter of his career. This was somewhat marred though by allegations of plagiarism dragging him to court. In June 2016, Ed was accused of plagiarising the song Amazing by Matt Cardle as the songwriters and record label claimed Ed's song Photograph matched their song. It was taken to court but settled privately during April 2017. In August 2016, after the mass success of Thinking Out Loud, allegations of plagiarism began to circle as artists tried to cash in on Ed's success through the courts. The family of songwriter Ed Townsend for his song Ridden for Marvin Gaye called Let's Get It On attempted to sue Sheeran, stating that it had similarities to their song. It was quickly thrown out of court but wouldn't be the last time others would attempt to cash in on Ed Sheeran's success. When Ed returned from holiday, he appeared to have gotten a large scar on his face. Rumours began to circulate about how it possibly happened, and it was hinted on the Graham Norton show in late 2016 that it happened at a party with James Blunt and Princess Beatrice. They had all been drinking, and James Blunt wanted to be knighted. Beatrice said she could do it, and pulled a sword off the wall, swung it back and caught Ed behind her, causing Ed to have a large gash on one of his cheeks, and ultimately sending social media into a frenzy. On the 13th of December 2016, Ed uploaded an image of a blue screen to his social media accounts, indicating that a new album was in the works, as he had done this for his two previous albums, displaying an orange and green image. In the new year on the 2nd of January, he revealed the album cover and name being Divide during a short 10 second video, continuing the mathematical theme of his previous two albums. Ed had been away working on the album for some time over in the US at a hidden away retreat in Malibu, California. He hired seven other people to help him write the album to try a new method of coming up with ideas as a group. Despite coming up with Ed's most successful album to date, he says he didn't overly enjoy the experience as there were too many ideas firing away at once and that he realised that he prefers a more solo focused approach. He would release two singles at the same time in Castle on the Hill and Shape of You just four days later. The decision to release both songs at the same time came when Ed and his record label butted heads over which single would launch the album. Ed advocated for Castle on the Hill whereas his record label wanted Shape of You. They then came to the decision to release both as they couldn't agree. Approved a masterstroke as Shape of You soared to number one and Castle on the Hill rose to number two on the UK charts on the 13th of January. Both songs were streamed on Spotify at a combined 13 million times in just 24 hours, breaking the previous record. It was the first time in the UK, Germany and Australia that an artist had both top two positions on the charts filled in their history. 
while he also broke a new record in the US for having two songs debut in the top 10 simultaneously. Shape of You was a dancehall-infused pop blockbuster that went to number one in an incredible 34 countries. It charted at number one in Australia, New Zealand, the US and the UK, and in countries he had never had success in before, certifying him as a household name. It remained at number one for 16 consecutive weeks in Canada and 15 weeks at number one in Australia, knocking off previous records set by Coolio for Gangsta's Paradise and ABBA. Despite critics questioning Sheeran's style change, there was no denying it was extremely popular amongst the public. The song speaks about Sheeran being infatuated by his girlfriend's body, as the title of the song insinuates, but also makes references to meeting at a bar. The highly popular video clip managed to amass the second most views on YouTube of all time, with 4.7 billion views, as it depicts Ed training as a boxer, falling in love, and then competing against a sumo wrestler. The lyric video for the track being equally as impressive, with 880 million views on YouTube. It would reach 2.6 billion streams on Spotify by the end of 2019, becoming the most streamed song of the decade. It has also now sold 9 million digital copies of the single worldwide. It was the last song to be written for Divide, as his record label weren't satisfied with what Ed had to release, wanting just one more big hit. The song was written by Ed, Steve Mack and Johnny McDade of Snow Patrol, and was originally going to be written for Rihanna, as a duet between her and Rudimental, and was also suggested for British girl group Little Mix, but Ed was convinced by his label to keep the song for himself. This was especially after including lyrics like Put Van the Man on the Jukebox as reference to one of his favourite musicians, Van Morrison, as it was hard to imagine artists like Rihanna singing that. Shape of You would go on to win Ed a Grammy for Best Pop Solo Performance at the 60th Annual Grammy Awards in 2018, and the track was ranked by Billboard as the ninth most successful song of all time. In 2018, the success of the song would be marred when American trio TLC claimed Sheeran had used the same melody in Shape of You as their song No Scrubs. Ed admitted to adding the melody to create an R&B vibe and the TLC members were since added as songwriters and were to receive a percentage of royalties from the hit. The second of the double singles called Castle on the Hill was written by Ed and Betty Blanco. It talks about Ed's life growing up in Framlingham and the main theme of the song referring to Framlingham Castle and the time he and his group of 12 friends spent hanging out there. The track managed to beat Shape of You in three countries going to number one in Scotland, Iceland and Israel. It also went to number two in a total of 16 countries including the UK, New Zealand and Australia and would reach number six in the US. The reflective song was influenced by songs by U2, Snow Patrol and Bruce Springsteen where they look back on their life growing up. The song was a massive hit as it resonated with many people with references to rebellious teenage behaviour and road trips travelling down narrow country roads. It made for the perfect song for road trips as the chorus builds up making listeners want to pound away in joy. The music video was made as a reflective comparison to Sheeran's life growing up and the boy that played Ed in the clip was a current high school student at Ed's former high school at Thomas Mills. Sheeran sings of his love for his hometown and Ed states, This is a love song for Suffolk because I don't think anyone has ever done that. There's a lot of positivity in my hometown but like there's also a lot of sadness as well. Whether it be people not coming back or people passing away or people not achieving what they could have achieved. So I just wanted to touch on it a little bit, I guess. On the 3rd of March 2017, Divide was released around the world and was an instant classic. 
Sheeran would become the first artist to have nine songs in the top ten at once and broke Frankie Lane's 1953 record of having the top five songs in the UK all at once. His whole 16-track album, including deluxe edition songs, rounded out the top 20 in the UK when first released due to streaming and sales. This resulted in a review of the rules regarding streaming and its relation to charting, and eventually this was blocked from occurring again, making him the only musician in history that will ever hold that record. It was Sheeran's most diverse album to date, with a mix of R&B, dance, ballads, Latin, Irish folk and Caribbean, reflecting his recent adventures around the world. Divide would go to number one in a whopping 25 countries including the UK, Germany, New Zealand, the US and Australia, and the top five in three other countries. It would go on to sell a total of 7.4 million copies worldwide and remained at the top for two consecutive years in New Zealand at the end of 2018. Divide would also become the fastest selling album in the UK of all time, selling 672,000 copies in just its first week. To coincide with the album's release, an acoustic hip-hop track called Eraser was released and it managed to reach number 14 on the UK charts. The song was written with Johnny McDade and depicted the fame and fortune not being what it's all cracked up to be and how the fun had been taken out of the process due to money becoming a factor and those close to him treating him differently now that money and fame is involved. He also references Damien Rice in the song as he states, I hope that Damien's proud as his childhood idol. Ed wanted to also produce some more stadium friendly songs with this being one of them. The third single to be released would be the incredibly catchy Irish folk tune Galway Girl. Ed would collaborate with Irish folk band Bioga using their riff from their own track called Minute 5 to provide a traditional Irish sound. He released it on St Patrick's Day the 17th of March 2017 and it went to number one in five countries including Ireland and Scotland and peaked at number two in the UK and Australia and would chart inside the top five in eight countries including New Zealand and Germany. Although it wasn't as successful in the US, only reaching number 53 on the Billboard Hot 100. Ed wrote the song with Foy Vance, Amy Wadge and Johnny McDade although he didn't write it about any woman in particular, and the four just decided to have a bit of fun with the tune. Ed's record label were close to scrapping the song from the album altogether, as they didn't think folk music was cool enough for making hits anymore. Despite this, he pleaded to keep it, and the song became a fan favourite, becoming the fourth most streamed song from Divide on Spotify with 800 million streams behind Shape of You, Perfect, and Castle on the Hill. After a highly successful first three releases, Sheeran continued his run of good form by releasing his next biggest romantic wedding style hit titled Perfect on the 26th of September 2017. It went to number one by Christmas time in December in 18 countries including the UK, US and Australia and became popular with extra versions of the song released in December with Beyonce and Andre Bocelli. It was the first song he had written for the album, penning it as a tribute to his soon to be wife Cherry. Ed had wrote the song while at a good friend and fellow musician's house, James Blunt, at 6 in the morning and finished it that day. He beautifully describes his love and admiration of Cherry in this ballad and it would become another popular wedding song for many around the world. It would become the first time Ed would work with his older brother Matthew who was a classical composer. Matthew arranged a string orchestration for the song and it was a dying wish of their grandmother to see the two working together. Ed and Matthew's grandmother was a classical singer in her time, 
while Matthew is a classically trained composer who studied at the University of Sussex, achieving a master's in composition. Matthew composed the orchestral music for the version of the track with Andre Bocelli, called The Perfect Symphony. The music video for the amazing duet featured an in Ed as he watched Andre sing in Italian. Ed would also have to learn and sing Italian on the day, and the two recorded vocals together, and Ed refers to the duet as one of his career highlights. Two days after the music video for Perfect was shot, Ed had been back to his hometown of Framlingham for a two-day break when he was riding his pushbike after drinking with mates to the local pub. Ed all of a sudden stacked his bike, smashing his wrist and elbow. Not knowing how bad the injuries were, he was determined to make the most of his days off and continued on to the pub for drinks with mates. He arrived home and put himself to bed to wake in the morning badly swollen and in agony and decided to drive himself to the local hospital. It was then discovered that Ed had broken his wrist, fracturing his elbow and breaking a rib, putting him out of action for weeks on end. During the busy December period, Ed was made a member of the most excellent order of the British Empire for his services to music and charity on the 7th of December. It was awarded by Prince Charles himself but was a bittersweet moment for him as his grandfather had passed away four years ago on this day and he felt as though it was another full circle moment. Just weeks later, Ed and Cherry announced that the two were now engaged but would not release a wedding date, deciding to keep those details private. Perfect held its number one spot in the UK for six weeks before being knocked to second by River by Eminem and the man himself, Ed Sheeran. Ed had finally realised his childhood dream collaborating on a number one hit with the man who helped him fix his stutter through music and helped him through his hard times. River featured on Eminem's ninth studio album, Revival, and would become Sheeran's fifth number one in the UK. Sheeran Eminem and Emily Haney wrote the song together and it talks about the struggles in a relationship in relation to an unplanned and unwanted pregnancy. On the 15th of July 2018, Ed Sheeran got the opportunity to perform the song alongside Eminem live at Twickenham in the UK for Eminem's final show for the Revival Tour. The fifth and final single, Happier, was written by Ed, Ryan Tedder from One Republic and Benny Blanco and was released in April 2018, peaking at number 6 on the UK charts. The sombre and sad ballad details Ed coming to terms with seeing his former girlfriend, Athena, with another man while experiencing some form of jealousy. He explains in an interview that he met him one day and was happy for her as she had found a guy that suited her better than he ever did. The song was mainly composed while Benny and Ed boarded the Queen Mary from the US back to the UK. Ed said in relation to the song, I've definitely got to a point in my life where I'm friends with all my ex-girlfriends now. Like we're all cool and it's very much like I'm really happy that you're happy and with someone that you love. And they are really happy that I'm happy and with someone and there's a grown up element to it. Another track on the album titled New Man is rather contrasting as Ed sings about his ex-girlfriend's poor taste in men. Other tracks that weren't released as singles also managed to climb the charts. How Would You Feel is the best example of this as it reached number one in Scotland, number two in the UK and Australia and charted in the top ten in four other countries. The Rhythm and Blues Ballad is a love song that Sheeran wrote for Cherry after she had left for the airport to travel back home to New York after visiting Ed. He recorded it on his iPhone and sent it to her in an email to display just how happy and in love he was with her.
It almost missed the cut completely from the album after he had completely forgotten that he had wrote it or recorded it. After Cherry reminded him after he had asked what her favourite song was, he quickly polished it up and added it for Cherry. He called in singer-songwriter John Mayer to play guitar for this one as Ed felt his own attempt was a poor man's attempt of emulating Mayer. The two were already close and had collaborated live back at the Grammys many years ago. The touching tribute to Ed's grandmother called Supermarket Flowers was an emotionally charged ballad that Ed almost left off the album also due to its personal connotations. Ed's granddad convinced him to keep the song on the album as he thought it was a lovely tribute to his wife. The song talks about the death of his grandmother due to illness through the eyes of his mother Imogen. It very wittily portrays the events that take place after the death of a loved one. When Ed first played the song for his mother, he was nervous but she loved it. The track Nancy Mulligan was the highest charting of the bonus tracks on Divide. The Irish tune details the love story of Ed's Irish grandmother Anne Mulligan and his English grandfather William Sheeran as the two fell in love against the wishes of Anne's father. The two secretly got married in 1951, remaining married for 60 years. While the bluesy song called Dive was written by Ed Sheeran about his relationship with Cherry when it first began, as he speaks of his vulnerabilities and insecurities about falling in love too deep and being hurt like he has before. Interestingly enough, there is a guest guitarist for the track, known as Angelo Mysterioso, which is actually Eric Clapton, yet another of Ed's idols collaborating with him. Ed has also stated the two are now close friends and have dinner at each other's house and that Clapton is a fan of his work. One of the most catchiest songs on the album is the track What Do I Know, which was written as Ed was attempting to show off in front of his label executives. As he states, That was a weird song, because that song was written trying to peacock in front of my label head. He'd come down to my house for the day and I'd started writing that song in my head and was like, I want to show him how fast I can write a song. In March 2017, Ed Sheeran left for the Divide World Tour and it would become the highest grossing tour for a solo artist ever. With 260 shows, 9 million screaming fans, 46 countries and a whopping £736 million, the tour also included great support acts such as James Blunt, James Bay, Anne-Marie, The Darkness, Zara Larson, Passenger, Missy Higgins, Bliss and Esso, Love, Lewis Capaldi, and now Snow Patrol. Displaying just how big Sheeran had now become to have artists of this calibre as his support acts. During the tour, he performed on the third night at the legendary Glastonbury in late June 2017 as a headliner alongside the Foo Fighters and Radiohead. It would become his third appearance at Glastonbury after performing in 2011 and 2014, although these appearances were limited to one or two songs on a smaller stage, whereas the headliner performs a setlist on the main stage. After the announcement that Ed was headlining earlier that year, attendees had already bought their tickets and were frustrated to hear of Ed's appearance, as the usual type of music at Glastonbury was Indian alternative style music, not pop or mainstream. When Ed stepped onto stage, he started creating a beat for his opening track on his loop pedal. Fans seemed confused about what he was doing, but when he opened with Castle on the Hill, the crowd began cheering. He continued to play a mix of new and old hits from his catalogue as the crowd began to get more into the performance. During Ed's performance of the hit Bloodstream, Sheeran's guitar string snapped, leaving him with no choice but to keep singing and wait for a replacement. 
Due to Sheeran's loop pedal playing the guitar part he previously looped in front of the crowd before the song commenced, the crowd began to think that he had a backing track running and some fans took to social media afterwards displaying their anger. Sheeran received his replacement guitar and played on as if nothing happened. Sheeran would respond to this after the show by saying on his Twitter account, Never thought I'd have to explain it, but everything I do in my live show is live. It's a loop station, not a backing track. Please Google. Despite this, the crowd were highly excitable, singing along to Lego House, Sing, and when he sung Photograph, the crowd began singing along beautifully with him. Finally, he closed the show with You Need Me, I Don't Need You. It was a great upbeat high energy performance, summing up a great show, displaying his talent and a good variety of music. While some were confused over the loop pedal, many enjoyed the performance and claim it was one of his best against the odds. In 2017, he won the award for Artist of the Year and followed this up in 2018 by winning the Global Success Brit Award presented to him by Elton John and Ronnie Wood. He finally wrapped up the Divide Tour in August 2019 in Ipswich more than a year later. At age 28, on the 12th of July 2019, Sheeran would release a sequel to his EP number 5 collaborations with the number 6 collaborations project. The album was another highly diverse record with a range of pop, hip-hop, dance and R&B tunes. He states that the album was meant to be a bit of fun with artists he was keen to work with and admired. He collaborated with a large number of producers, musicians and songwriters and says he was inspired to collaborate with a range of talents after watching the music video to Moulin Rouge's Lady Marmalade featuring Pink, Little Kim, Christina Aguilera and Maya. The album went to number one in 19 countries, topping the charts in Australia, the UK and the US and reaching the top five in seven other countries. It became his fourth number one album but received mixed reviews with critics and so far has sold around 700,000 copies. Although this is most probably due to the changing times in regards to how people access and purchase their music in relation to digital downloads and streaming. The first of the two most successful tracks was released on the 10th of May and was called I Don't Care featuring Justin Bieber. The fun pop song was written about Ed's new life with fiancée Cherry and how she had helped him change for the better, refraining from his old party life antics and just wanting to be in the company of their other half. He had Justin Bieber in mind for this song as he too had recently settled down with his wife. It went to number one in 26 countries including the UK and Australia and number two in seven other countries including the US. It broke Spotify's record for single-day streaming with 10.9 million on its debut, beating Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. It sold over the 1 million mark with digital sales and would become the most successful track from the album and currently has been streamed over 700 million times on Spotify. The massive hit was accompanied with a strange but entertaining music video featuring the two stars in a quirky video surrounded by social media related memes and strange green screen scenarios with flying eyeballs, Ed dressed as a panda and a banana and Bieber as a teddy bear and a cob of corn. The loopy video was a hit clocking up 384 million views on YouTube. The second of these top hits from the album was the relaxed synth-pop R&B track Beautiful People featuring Khalid, released in July of 2019. The song was written again about Ed's relationship with Cherry and about not wanting to conform to the rich and extravagant life of celebrities and instead just wanting to be their boring and normal selves. The music video depicts a similar theme with a seemingly average couple shown experiencing and being tempted by the celebrity lifestyle and only being interested in each other. 
Beautiful People peaked at number one in the UK, becoming the third number one from the album there. It also went to number four in Australia, made the top five in a number of countries, and peaked at 13 in the US. The lyrics paint the picture of Ed not actually enjoying the life as a celebrity and being stuck inside the bubble, as he sings, We don't fit in well, because we are just ourselves. I could use some help getting out of this conversation. You look stunning, dear, so don't ask that question here. This is my only fear, that we've become beautiful people. Drop top, designer clothes, front row at fashion shows. What do you do and who do you know? Inside the world of beautiful people. Champagne and rolled up notes. Prenups and broken homes. Surrounded but still alone. Let's leave the party. That's not who we are. We are not beautiful. Sheeran previously mentioned a similar circumstance back on his Multiply album in relation to his experience at the Grammys in 2012, as mentioned earlier. The phrase beautiful people was a term used in the 1960s to describe the rich and famous, as Ed points out that although he is a famous musician, he doesn't wish to identify as one or as a beautiful person. Other successful tracks include Cross Me, which was released in May of 2019. It featured Chance the Rapper and PMB Rock, and would peak at number one in Belgium and reach the top five in four countries, including the UK and Australia. The song speaks of being a protective man and defending a woman, and it received a large amount of radio airtime. Both Chance and Ed were both newly married men and wanted to show the world not to mess with their wives. The track titled Blow, which was a rock-style tune with Bruno Mars and Craig Stapleton, would reach number three in New Zealand and feature inside the top five on the US and Canadian rock chart. It wasn't a major hit worldwide, but received considerable amount of airtime and drew similarities to a Led Zeppelin-style song. The song Best Part of Me, featuring Yabba, was written about Ed's insecurities as he ponders why Cherry loves him and states that the best part of me is you, as he refers to Cherry. He reached the top 20 in the UK, Australia and New Zealand and three other countries but struggled to make an impact on the charts. The Spanish style pop song South of the Border with Camila Caballo and Cardi B went to number 4 in the UK and charted quite well worldwide, most notably in South America and on the dance and club charts. The track Take Me Back to London with Stormzy became a huge number 1 in the UK but wasn't as successful worldwide. Finally, Antisocial with Travis Scott managed to do well in parts of Europe and the UK and reached number 11 in Australia. The song talks about Ed's anxiety issues and the battle for privacy as a celebrity. Another track that featured on the album was Remember the Name, which featured Eminem and 50 Cent, two of Ed's favourites since a child, and the song managed to reach number 15 in Australia. The meaning of the song is reflective of the title and talks about the success of the three and how they should now be household names. Ed would also collaborate on the underrated tracks Way To Break My Heart with Skrillex and Put It All On Me with LMA. Overall, the album itself was not a massive success despite having three number ones and several well-performing tracks. Ed decided that a tour wouldn't take place and he was satisfied with the people he had collaborated with. Ed would collaborate with Eminem again for Eminem's new album Music To Be Murdered To, which would later be released in 2020 with the song Those Kinda Nights reaching number 12 in the UK. In August 2019, it was announced that Cherry and Ed had gotten married secretly to avoid media attention and keep their privacy. Ed decided he would retire from music for 18 months to recharge for the next chapter in his life. Ed and Cherry now live together on their farm property that has underground tunnels leading to Ed's personal pub. 
It has its own recording studio called the Treehouse, and Ed relives his childhood here by owning tons of limited edition Lego, Harry Potter merchandise, lightsabers and action figures. Ed bought the house back when he was 20 years old after signing his first record deal. After a number of noise complaints from his neighbours, Ed eventually bought out the neighbourhood. The two have now been together for five years and own two cats named Dorito and Calipo. In December 2019, Ed featured on Stormzy's hit track titled Own It, which would peak at number one in the UK as the song speaks about empowering and providing confidence to a female crush. Ed Sheeran would make a number of cameos in popular TV shows and films over time, appearing in The Simpsons, The Bastard Executioner, Home and Away, Shortland Street, Yesterday, Bridget Jones' Diary, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker as a Stormtrooper, and of course as a Lannister soldier in Game of Thrones, where he is seen singing a song called Hands of Gold with his small group of men before Arya Stark interrupts him saying, that's a pretty song, with Ed's one replying line being, it's a new one. Back in 2014, Ed even released a song titled Make It Rain to feature on the TV series Sons of Anarchy, which charted inside the top 30 in Australia, New Zealand and Canada. Over the years, Ed has also featured in songs such as Endgame with Taylor Swift and Future, Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid 30, Watchtower by Devlin, All About It with Hoodie Allen, Old School Love with Lupe Fiasco, and Freaky Friday with Little Dicky and Chris Brown, DJ Khaled and Kendall Jenner, while also featuring with Tori Kelly, Elton John, Foy Vance, Labyrinth, Casey Chambers, Eric Clapton, and The Weeknd on his track Dark Times. He also wrote and co-wrote a range of songs for many musicians, with some becoming top five hits for other artists, including 18 for One Direction, Tattoo for Hilary Duff, Cold Water for Major Lazer, Justin Bieber and Moe, Pretty Woman for Robbie Williams, Strip That Down for Quavo and Liam Payne, Your Song for Rita Ora, East Side for Benny Blanco, Khalid and Halsey, A Different Way for Major Lazer, Woman Like Me for Little Mix, 2002 for Anne Marie, Thursday for Jess Glynn, Parallel Line for Keith Urban, as well as songs for James Blunt, Zara Larson, Alicia Keys, Ollie Murs, Halsey, Sean Mendes, Tim McGraw, Westlife, and even Brian Adams. Quite an impressive list of collaborations and songwriting credits for someone who is just 29 years old. Ed these days suffers from mild social anxiety and prefers smaller crowds of people. He says he loves fan interactions, but hates getting photos taken of him during private outings such as having dinner with his wife, and this part of being a celebrity is what he hates the most. Ed Sheeran is a very charitable man, despite the amount of wealth he has acquired. He gives much of his old clothes to charity, as he has done for much of his career, and has given plaques of his album achievements to those wanting to display them in their businesses around Framlingham. He is a member of the charity organisation EACH, which stands for East Anglican Children's Hospital, where he donates and performs for the children there. He also donates to Give It Up for 125, raising money for street sex workers and regularly donating his clothes here too. Ed's advice to those aspiring musicians wanting to follow in his footsteps is to try to write one song a day and always be yourself. He advocates that being a weird kid is not such a bad thing and that most weird kids become interesting adults. He remains very close with his small group of friends from Framlingham, his brother Matthew, and parents where he recently funded a renovation for their kitchen. 
They prefer to stay out of the limelight, focusing on their own passions and careers. He always manages to visit his hometown in between touring and hasn't forgotten about the town that raised him. Ed is always looking for his next big achievement and after ticking off Madison Square Garden, Wembley, getting married, along with many other personal goals, Ed believes he is now ready to settle down at his property and start a family with Cherry. Ed is most likely still writing music on this day, preparing for his next run of hits, and is never far away from one of his guitars that he has named Felix, Cyril, Nigel and Lloyd. Music and Cherry are the two loves of his life, and it is clear to see that being an honest, dedicated and driven individual has gotten him to the position he is in today. He is today worth over $200 million. He has won 115 awards including 4 Billboard Music Awards, 4 Brit Awards, 4 Ivor Novellos and 4 Grammys. He has had 4 number 1 albums and 9 number 1 singles in the UK that have spent a total of 41 weeks at number 1 on the UK charts and he has now sold over 260 million albums worldwide and around 100 million singles. His raw talent from a young age shone through and his peers and family could all see something in him. He took a risk as a young man at just the age of 16, living from couch to couch, performing non-stop from gig to gig, finally to realise his dream after four long hard years. His ability to multitask during a live performance, singing, playing guitar and using his loop pedal is an insane talent that he probably doesn't receive enough credit for. He has inspired many young musicians such as Shawn Mendes and encouraged young people to be themselves and that it's okay to be different and yourself. There is no denying Ed Sheeran is a gifted musician and a great modern day songwriter and through his big hits such as Thinking Out Loud, The A-Team and Shape of You, his music will live on forever and inspire generations of songwriters to come and yet he is only just getting started. Okay everyone, thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed episode 2 featuring Ed Sheeran. Please make sure you like, share, rate, subscribe and leave a positive review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, if you would like to support the podcast by becoming a patron, head to Patreon to check out how you can keep this podcast going and sign up to one of three membership packages starting at just $1 a month, which includes extra content and bonuses. Again, I hope you enjoy that episode. Stay tuned for next week's episode, which will be revealed on our Facebook page at Lyrics of Their Life podcast. I'm your host, Adam Hampton, and this is Lyrics of Their Life.